0: Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro podcast. I am Shauna Simewa. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. It's week two of our series recapping some of the best expertise we've heard in 2020, and we're going to dive today into coaching. What makes a good sales coach? How can you create an effective coaching program And then how do you measure the impact? We'll discover answer to these questions and more throughout this episode. First, let's talk about the importance of coaching and specifically how it helps sales enablement ensure the desired behavior change outcomes are achieved.
1: Ideally, sales coaching helps to create a behavior change because you're challenging their beliefs. You're helping them apply the knowledge that they've learned in training to actually execute in their day-to-day, on-the-job Uh, execution. Um, There's a, a model that's called the adult learning theory model, which shows that the largest percentage of our learning happens in the application and in the day to day and not theoretical, but real life. So the more that we can have coaching be a re not just a reinforcement of what they've trained, but actually allow salespeople to take what they've learned, the knowledge in their head, and apply it to the words and the actions that come out of their mouth so that's one way that coaching helps to create that behavioral change because in order to change the behavior first we have to recognize that the behavior needs to change so challenging beliefs and and approaches but then we have to practice those new approaches those things that we've learned
2: if we're working with um, a particular team and we're bringing in um, a particular level of training first of all we identify what that training's objective is So if it was around negotiating, as an example, or whether it was around a new product that we're training them on or a new feature. And then that's really easy to translate of what success looks like. Um, Very quickly, you can see the effects that you're having there. But I think often what happens is is that we we neglect one really important part of change, which is coaching. Um, So what we find is, is that although you might start seeing change on a macro level, the part that really excites me is, is the change that we see on a micro level or what I'd call an individual level is that you might be working with a rep on a particular change that they're making um, and it takes time for them to truly grasp that concept and the coaching is where that pays off. One-on-one coaching with a rep where you see the improvements that they're making and then the byproduct of that are the results that come in.
0: Now, establishing a solid coaching foundation requires having a framework in place that can be easily woven into the existing sales culture and ultimately will create a coaching culture within the organization. Part of the success of this, though, is heavily dependent on securing buy-in from sales leaders. These next experts discuss how they've gone about doing this within their own organizations.
3: I think that one of the core components to a successful coaching framework is really just being able to dig in and have a very transparent, open, vulnerable discussion with the sales reps to get them to open up and describe what their current challenges are, um, really get them to start thinking, uh, and being very consciously, consciously aware, um, of where their gaps may be. And so that's one way, um, where we're able to, to start to kind of pull out from the sales rep themselves, different areas that they might be struggling with or, or different challenges that they see for themselves. And um, one thing that we're actually actively doing right now with all of the directors is running through a, a, an actual coaching workshop, how they can um, be, be more impactful in terms of their own coaching. So we're actually kind of modeling Uh, our own behaviors, so to speak. So we're modeling how they can go about having discussions with their sales reps, getting their sales reps to open up, getting their sales reps to discuss different challenges with their directors. Um, So that's one thing that we're working on. And then also making sure that the directors, you know, especially if we have a new director that comes into the company, um, making sure that they feel very confident in the resources available to them in terms of how to actually access and see how their reps are doing from a metric standpoint. So, if there are any gaps that that we see coming from the directors, we get with them one on one on a coaching call with the directors to identify and. and you know, dive into how we can better support the director, and whether that's bringing in other subject matters from the company to do a one on one session with the director themselves. um, Or really just, you know, pulling the sales reps in with the director and running our own workshop or our own session to kind of model that type of coaching uh, and training behavior so that the director can then go on and feel more confident in their own skills.
4: I think one of the biggest key components of uh, our coaching program is just having everybody bought in to the importance of coaching. So again, it's really easy to get caught up in the busyness of day-to-day work, but if the managers and the leadership really agrees on the value of coaching and how that fits into the overall success of the organization, then you're more likely to see it consistently. Um, One way that we have implemented this coaching, and I call it a framework, Carlet, just kind of utilizing our our tools at hand, um, but we do use a call recording software to help with this, and so having some scorecards and pulling in the information that we want to make sure that the the reps are coached on into this place so that everybody's operating on the same platform and with the same information, again, that consistency piece is uh, is sort of key to us in our our nascent coaching program also just setting some expectations and making sure that we're all on the same page from an enablement side as well as the management side um and we do that through weekly meetings with the sales managers in addition to just general like check-ins for specific initiatives i talked about the negotiation training previously you know making sure that everybody knows like what they need to be reinforcing with their teams and what they should be coaching towards Um, In the future, though, I think that one thing that we're going to be focused on is really making sure that we have specific training for the managers themselves around the topics. I think that training managers separate from the rest of the team, so you're kind of building that buy-in early on, creating champions to then sit in that training with the reps, but already having that information so that they can put on their coaching hat from the very beginning rather than getting the information at the same time as the people that they will ultimately have to be coaching.
0: To expand on the point of training for managers, it is critical to ensure that sales enablement first enables and empowers frontline managers and arms them with the tools that they need to successfully coach their sales reps. Here's some advice on how to work with frontline managers.
5: You know, most managers have had no formal kind of training. And, and even though they want to coach, they don't know how to coach. So sales enablement can train managers formally in how to coach. Two is, is as sales enablement had, launches new programs uh, for the salespeople, there's the reinforcement, uh, there's kind of the activation and reinforcement phase. I, I mean, we're, we all are familiar with the data that says the half-life of any sales training is less than 30 days, um, unless there's some sort of coaching and reinforcement. So every new program, every new initiative that, that uh, sales enablement launches should have a, an accompanying responsibility and coaching role for the managers. So if we're doing, say, a new account management program, You know, sales enablement needs to sit down with the managers beforehand and say, after your people have completed this this account management program, you have the responsibility for coaching and reinforcing what we introduced to them in that program over this period of time. And you might put together a a semi-formal training program or advice about how how they reinforce the account management concepts and so on and so forth. And if you have that, then, you know, you'll, you'll build those skills. People will, will come out of that program. They'll be coached by their manager in applying those skills in real life. Um, and they'll build those skills and they're, they're far more likely to sustain those. So I, I do believe that there's a role for, sales enablement to do some very specific coaching but always as a complement in reinforcement to what the sales manager is doing not to displace the sales manager or even to give the sales manager an excuse of you know you sales enablement people are doing coaching so i don't need to do that you know it's a, a key part of the manager's responsibility to, to coach
6: there are definitely things that, that- enablement teams and leaders can do to help their managers coach reps better. And that is, A, to understand what you're trying to coach them to do. Um, you know, I've, I've made a shift you know, over the past few years in a, in, in a more broad enablement discussion of, of what do enablement leaders need to do, what they need to focus on, away from what do we need our salespeople to know to what is it that we need our salespeople to be able to do. Then if you do that and it's easier to coach that now, if I, if I go to my managers and say, okay, well, Steve's a new, uh, a new hire, he's, he's, he's coming up to his 90 days. Here's what he needs to be able to prove that he can do. Now I can help that manager coach to that. I can provide uh, an analysis form with what the, what the behaviors you're looking for, what the scale is, uh, what the subjectivity, uh, you know, stuff can, can just do to support that as a way of helping that manager coach that rep to do something. Because if we just leave it up to them, then they become one-on-ones about deals. And they'd never separate the opportunity planning, the opportunity reviews, the territory re- reviews, et cetera, from actual coaching. So I think a, a lot of things that we can do as, as enablement practitioners is to provide our leaders what you want to coach, what you what you want them to be coaching on, and how to do it, and the forms and the feedback and everything, and then it it's more, uh, it's much much simpler for them to actually do it.
0: Of course, it's one thing to ensure coaching is being done, but how can sales enablement ensure that coaching is being done successfully? We'll hear from experts on what good coaching looks like.
7: When I think about what good coaching looks like, I look at it and say, good coaching is ongoing and consistent. So it doesn't just happen in those weekly meetings. It happens in the car, in between you know, client appointments. It happens on an airplane. It happens over lunch. Um, coaching al- should always be happening, and it shouldn't be complicated, if that makes sense. I think sometimes we get into this and think it's You know, there's a lot of coaching methodologies and there's a lot of ways you can approach it. But I think the simplest thing is just having open dialogue with each of the reps and a culture that supports that feedback. I also think that it is based on goals and the follow-up. So I think, you know, there's an element of providing feedback, which is part of coaching, but I also think there's an element of circling back and understanding and kind of looking at what progress that person is making. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, you're speaking to the fact that it happens over time. Good coaching shows progress. It shows development. And if it's not happening consistently, if there aren't goals, if there isn't a level of accountability that comes from it, then I just don't think that you see that progress. And so, you know, to me, those are that's kind of the, the fundamental part of coaching.
8: I think the biggest thing is often the same thing that makes someone an effective teacher, which is one making sure that you really are keeping up to date on the the best practices, advancements, etc. Right? Um, you can't be just preaching best practices that worked when you were selling copiers in the '90s, right? Um, you need to be keeping up to date with current events. So um, that's probably the first thing. But then also uh, understanding the way that each of your your um, mentees if you will learns right so taking the time to understand how they're motivated what their learning style is how they respond to feedback and coaching because the way that i might coach the same scenario with two different sdrs is going to depend on those factors right some me personally i respond to strong leadership right so um you know my manager gets in my face or or, you know is really really pressing me uh you can bet there's going to be a change in my behavior off that other people that can actually do more harm than good right so just just knowing uh what style of coaching uh the the mentee is is uh, most receptive to i think is really important
0: and to close out we'll hear from our experts on how they've applied data-driven insights to measure the impact that coaching has had on their organization
9: we have a two-sided approach in terms of measuring the um, the impact of of a coaching program. So, on the one hand side, it's really the experience that that coaches have with the program. So these are soft uh, measurements, if you will, like uh, MPS scores, satisfaction scores, rating of their coaches, etc um more critical part and and this is where we are putting a lot of focus on is uh, measuring the financial impact of um of coaching and um, what we have seen in terms of financial impact is that um, it's phenomenal that uh, you can close uh 45 1 more, more deals right you can you can um you can generate um 10% Ten percent more, more opportunities you can generate. Uh, um, fifty, close to fifty percent more, more net new um, um, accounts. Um, so th- these are really the matrix that we are caring off. and and this these are really the matrix that um, also our leadership team would like to see in order to justify the investment in, in in this program. So what what we are doing in terms of of a measurement or of financial impact uh, approach. So we are taking the entire population who is being part of the data-driven coaching program and comparing this um, towards those who have not been part of the coaching uh, uh, population. And we definitely see a difference here. And I talked about the numbers. We are definitely seeing here a difference between folks who have been coached versus those who haven't been coached. And this is a simple comparison that we are making. Um, Every time, once we are are closing um, a period, once we are closing um, coaching uh, for a year, we are doing these kind of comparisons in in order to see, okay, what kind of difference we have seen in terms of performance improvements, in terms of uh, achieving quota attainment, achieving uh, net new business um, development, etc. And it clearly, there's a clear evidence that coaching has a huge impact in terms of financial impact, in terms of personal development uh, for our sales colleagues and being more confident talking to the customers and ultimately closing deals.
8: For coaching, we use coaching technology to make sure A, managers were doing it every week and B, that their reps were improving the different areas that they were coaching on. So if we identify that a rep was Um, was, you know, maybe stronger in discovery but weaker in qualification. We would be measuring how they improved and how they're qualifying their deals over the course of the quarter. So forecasting went right down the line with what the reps were responsible for and how the managers were coaching to better behaviors. And then we also had an event called the Coaching Olympics where we put the coaches on full display. Uh, They would have a panel of judges from the C-suite of the company watching them coach in real time. And then we scored on uh, basically a rubric we built out for that. So we are able to use that as well um, to set the base level of what excellent looks like in the company.
0: That wraps up the best of coaching expertise in 2020. I hope you learned something and would love to hear your thoughts. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, we'd love to hear from you.